You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, hosted by Dr. Heidi. Dr. Heidi has been exactly where you are right now. She's walked through the fire of toxic relationships and has now dedicated her life to help others do the same. Living in a toxic environment can cause the damaging behaviors of others to become normal, leaving you feeling hopeless and desperate. Learning how to recognize the toxic traits and understand why they occur is the key to taking your power back. Now is the time for you to gain your self-worth because you're worth it. Discover who you really are because you're awesome. And realize it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Dr. Heidi. So today on the show, I actually have, um, she's a very dear friend. Um, I've known her for about five years and she came to me as a client. That is actually how I met her. She has been on a previous podcast. She's on one of the co-parenting podcasts with me a couple years ago, but I have watched this woman transform in her journey of healing from the toxic relationship she had in her life. And going into the holiday season, I started thinking about how differently she handles this season with her now former and the kids than she was doing three years ago. And so um, I want her to be able to share some of the things that she realized, some of the things that she's implemented and just want you to hear from her how in the three years she's made the changes that she has needed to in order to make the holiday season still happy for her. Welcome, Connie. Hi. It's good to be back. It feels like it's been forever. I, it actually has been forever, and we've been trying to do it for a year and a half. Thank you, COVID. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yes, um, this is my friend, Connie. She is also a former client of mine. And we did a podcast, oh, probably two years ago now, on co-parenting. And if you saw her now compared to what she was like two years ago, um, you would understand why I'm having her back. Today specifically, though, um, with the holidays coming up, I wanted to, I wanted her to kind of tell her story in in a Dr. Heidi question way about how the holidays have changed uh, over time from when she was in a toxic relationship to first being out of a toxic relationship to where you are now and how you deal with the toxic personality as a co-parent during the holidays. So you were divorced before I met you. I was separated. We were going through the divorce, yes. When when I met you. Yes. Um, so I didn't know you when you were married. So describe what, in, in however depth you want, what the holidays looked like on the inside of your house um, and events and the things that the holidays bring when you were married and you were in a toxic environment with your children. Okay. So first of all, to the outside world, we looked, we looked awesome. We all had cute little matching outfits. The house was decorated. I had everything in place all the time. Um, I was the 
the dutiful wife who made sure she got all of the Christmas presents purchased and wrapped and, you know, he may or may not even know what was going on with it. But on the inside, the discussions were, what are you spending? What are you buying? Why are you getting that? You do realize that you are the worst present giver in the universe. Uh, and it got to the point where it, it took all the fun out of it. I didn't like the holidays anymore. And I worried about my own abilities to buy anything. And, and quite frankly, after he said that, there became a point where I no longer wrote cards or bought gifts because I thought I was terrible at it. How how did the events during the holiday season go? Again, to the outside world, we looked great. And everything on the inside was, well, we're not going to spend time doing what you want to do, Connie, because nobody actually really wants to be with you anyway. They don't really like you. They just tolerate you because you're family or you're my wife or whatever. So we're going to spend all of our time with my family because they're the only ones that, that will be with us because they love me. Right. And, and when I asked him one time what family meant to him, he told me that it was his parents and his siblings. And I said, well, what about the kids and I? And he said, no, my family are my parents and my siblings. And he never would respond to the fact that it wasn't me or his children. Yeah, I remember that. The thing I remember about when I was in my uh, former relationship was everything during the holidays seemed so difficult. You know, you get invited to a friend's house and the kids can play together and it should be great and everything should be good, but we have to pick a fight before we left. Or we had to disappear because they had to go, you know, he had to go do work or he had to do whatever. He would disappear for three hours so we would be late. Um, you know, I would make something to bring. It, why did you Why did you make that? I don't even like that. Nobody else is going to like that kind of thing. But it was always so difficult just, just to make a holiday a holiday because it didn't matter what I was doing. There was always conflict until we got there. And then when we got there, it was just like you're describing. Oh, we're the happiest family and we're so glad to be here. And, you know, sorry we were late. Heidi was busy doing something and then I would take the blame for that. And I just remember thinking, why am I even trying, you know, during the holidays? Mm -hmm. I remember that too. And, and we presented well publicly, but once we got to wherever we were going, we separated. And he did what he did. And I talked to who I talked to. And we didn't look at each other or talk to each other the entire time we were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, until it was time to get in the car, and then generally it was late enough that he would just go to sleep and I would drive us home. Yeah, or or by the time we got in the car, then it was time to do this big, huge show for our girls. And then it was the whole Santa's coming thing, and, you know, this overblown, ridiculous, exaggerated play, basically. Um, okay, so people that are listening are all, a lot of them are feeling this way because a lot of our listeners are still within the toxic relationships. So they know what it feels like um, when plans seem to continually get ruined or something that should be simple seems to be very, very hard. I talked about it earlier. Um, rem remind yourself that this type of behavior is because the holiday takes the attention off of the toxic person. So by picking a fight or by disappearing or by making you late or criticizing you, you know, the attention goes back onto them, which makes them feel a little bit more secure. The holidays are difficult for everybody, but I think the holidays are, are difficult for the toxic personality too, because they're so used to getting all the attention. Um, 
So when I did meet you, you were already separated. Mm -hmm. So describe to me the first couple Christmases that you went through after the separation. Even and and I knew you through a couple of those. So what did those look like um compared to what it was like when you were still in the marriage? So it was interesting our first year, first couple of years after the separation, once we drew up papers and, and looked at what our plans were going to be about who had the kids when, um, it became very obvious that he told me he would never, ever exchange time with me. It didn't matter what the circumstances were. And his family always does Christmas on Christmas Eve, and my family is more fluid. So I had told him right up front that he could have Christmas Eve every year if he wanted. And he said, no, I don't want that. We'll we'll stick to what was written, what he wrote with the attorneys. So the first couple of holidays, as well as vacations, we can talk about vacations in a minute, but the first few holidays over the first few years, um, if the kids were not with me at the moment, I was not allowed to have any communication with them whatsoever, nor were any of the people in my family. And they weren't allowed to talk to me about their lists or anything. It, and he picked a fight about something before every event. Whether it would be just me going to my own family's, he would pick some kind of fight so that I would be upset. Um, and on Christmas morning when I would go to pick them up, they wouldn't be ready. And they were grumpy because he kept them out all night until 3 o'clock in the morning the night before. So it was, it was really rough. And he tried to make sure that he made it as hard on me as possible, including things like texting me and saying, the kids don't like you. They don't like holidays with you. They don't like holidays with your family. They would prefer to be with mine. So I'm just going to keep them. So it was very hard. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, it was in this, this era of your um, exiting and healing that I met you. And I remember Connie saying, I feel like it was easier when I was married. I feel like since I've, since I've gotten divorced, this is way harder for me. Um, and that's where we started working on some things. And that's why I want Connie to tell you how our holidays operate now, which how long have you been divorced now? We've been divorced four years and we're coming up on being apart five years. And she didn't believe me that this would work. And we spent many nights on the phone in frustration when the holidays would come or like she said, vacations or something you know significant would happen. Um, and, and we really talked about, you know, what was worth fighting for and what wasn't. And we talked about how the goal of divorcing him was getting him out of your life. It wasn't divorcing him and then still trying to accommodate so he didn't get mad. And that's, that's really what, you, you know, you were trying to do just to keep the conflict down and make it easier on the kids, which is, which is the number one thing that, that we think about. But, um, how do you handle the holidays now or how have the holidays changed over the last couple of years? Well, I do remember saying to you that I I wish that I had just not left because it was so much harder. And I thought I'd never get past that. But now we're several years out. And after lots of communicating with you and strategizing about how to handle things, um, it, nothing has changed with him. Before every vacation, before every birthday, before every holiday, he may have been silent and I've heard nothing from him for four to six weeks. But then when it's time for a big event, all of a sudden I'm getting messages through our family wizard about something that I've done wrong or something that the kids don't like or how they don't want to be with me. And now 
what has changed is, so let me give you an example. My daughter's birthday is coming up in a few weeks. I have her according to our parenting plan and I have learned that I have a business meeting that I have to go to. So I already had a conversation with her and explained and said I will put in a trade into our family wizard, but we both know that your dad probably won't respond to it. And that's okay. Your birthday is a special day, but we can we can celebrate the, se the special day on any day. And that's kind of our new philosophy is we don't have to do anything on the particular day. We can come up with a, an alternative plan so that everything stays calm. So we tend to do that. Um, before every vacation, he tries to stop me from taking the kids and tells me he's going to call the cops and I can't take them out of state. And that used to bother me, but I'm following the rules completely. And so now I just don't answer him. And we go on about our merry way. And as long as I take everything in stride, my kids are okay too. It doesn't bother them when he starts texting them and giving them grief. They just ignore him as well. So we tend to just have our plan in place, know that what we're doing is correct. And if we have to make some kind of change on the fly, then we make a change on the fly. Mm -hmm. And it's okay because we'll figure out some other time that we'll have fun. Yes, and I use you as an example for a lot of people that I'm working with because you had a vacation once that he did threaten that you couldn't take the kids. And so you and I made a plan and we decided that if the kids were available for pickup, you would pick them up and they would go with you. If they weren't, you were going, you were going anyway. Mm -hmm. and, and it was very difficult for you to get your head wrapped around that, but you did that. And he has, he's never not let the kids go since, has he? There's never been a vacation that he hasn't let them go on. He does a lot of posturing and saying he's not going to let them, but he always has let them go on our vacations. The only time we had an issue was we had a, tickets to a professional baseball game with my entire family, and he told my family that they could go. And then at the last minute, he did not, uh, like literally the last minute, he did not allow them to go. And it did not make me very happy, nor did it make anyone in my family very happy. But we called some friends, had them take the tickets, and they went mm -hmm. to the game with us and that was that. We didn't worry about it. And, and, and um, Connie has learned now, too, when it's vacation time, the threats that come up that he's not going to let you take the kids. Uh, he's always very, very last minute. So, you know, it's it's upsetting, but she's pretty much learned that when it's time for her to pick him up, even though the threats are flying around, they, are, they have been there for you to pick him up, and you've been able to take him. So what Connie has learned to do is... The toxic personality is going to want to fight over everything. And she has really focused, correct me if I'm wrong, she has really focused on handling things the way it's going to keep more peace in her life. How, how can I handle this so peace stays in my life? Because engaging with the toxic personality on any level is going to disrupt your peace. And she's worked very hard and, you know, really, really learned to look at the reasoning behind his behavior. And she can navigate through that now because she knows a lot of it is just him trying to still control her. Once she's out of the relationship and the divorce process is over, the only string that's left between the two of them that he can use for control is the kids. And she's done a great job of realizing that it's, it's the only avenue he still has, so it's, it's very likely that he's going to continue to do this, you know, maybe their whole life. Um, let's talk about your kids. 
she was very concerned about her kids in the beginning. And I, I kind of helped her be able to word some things to her kids where it wasn't, where she was presenting the toxic traits without talking bad about their dad. So Connie will say things like, that's just how your dad is. Or he's been that way since I met him. So the kids start watching the cycle. And she has teenagers now, young, younger teenagers. But they're very much getting, um, getting to know and to watch their dad's behavior. So they're starting to mimic handling him the way Connie does. Yes, that's a fair statement. My daughter, mm-hmm. my older one, is definitely doing that. My son's not quite there yet, but so um what what do you think changed the most in you in how and how you changed how you interact with him? I think there've been two different times where I had aha moments or or went over the edge moments where I was so upset that I knew I couldn't allow myself to get that upset by him anymore. Um, one was probably well over a year ago. And then the other one was this, this professional baseball game I was talking about. And both times I made some ultimatums within myself and within my family. So for instance, at the time of the baseball game, I was pretty upset because I knew my family was upset. So I sat everybody down and had a conversation and by everybody, I mean my entire extended family as well as my children and said we're not going to ask my ex for anything anymore because when we do we put him in a position of power and he waits until the last minute and then we're all upset so from now on we will not ask for anything anymore and if that means that sometimes uh, myself and my children aren't able to participate in the other family get-togethers then that's okay everybody will be okay we'll figure it out another time and we'll we'll have our own time with you but don't ask him for anything So that's taken a lot of control away from him. Um, And then the other thing that I know that has changed within me is, and really I would say this has been more in the last six months, I told myself I wouldn't look at our family wizard unless I got a notification and I set my notifications up for only one time a day. I won't look unless I get a notification that there's something to deal with. And even then, I rarely write any words. If I need to put something on a calendar, I do. I don't ask permission. I just put it on there. I give him all the information he needs. If he doesn't show up for their appointments, I pick them up and take them. If he gets angry, that's okay. He has full information. Um, If he has a question and I can answer it with a picture, I do. But I rarely, rarely write words. And since I've done that, he's lost control. And the more control he's lost, the more control I've gained and the more power I feel in myself. Yeah, and I think one of the big things that you realized is um, it's it's not as scary as we think it is. You know, we we are governed by fear when we're in these relationships because the toxic personality instills fear. You know, they want us to be frightened about disappointing them and about um, not doing everything right and about upsetting them. So we, we walk on eggshells, which is what everybody can relate to. And I think you realize that the more and more you did that, the less the less fear you had of him. And yeah. if he was mad, he was, he's always mad. So, you and know. To, to that point, I can't remember how many times I probably told you, but he says he's going to call the cops or he says he's going to take me back to court or he's going to call a lawyer. And I've gotten to the point where I don't care. But number one, he's called the cops on me and they laughed. There was nothing that was going on that was wrong. He has taken me back to court. And that was probably my Independence Day, because I had to face him as he acted as his own attorney and questioned me. And I did that, and I felt more free than I'd ever felt. And um, 
as far as whether I'm doing the right things with my kids or not, I no longer worry about co-parenting. I've learned more about parallel parenting. So I don't ask permission. I don't involve him in my decision making. I do what I think is best for the kids and our family as a whole. And then I give him as much information as I can in a very non-emotional way. So again, like putting things on the calendar for him and our family wizard without any words. And I don't worry about that anymore. I know I'm doing the right thing by my kids. Yeah, and I think it's hard when we think about it because the people that step into um, toxic relationships are usually very emotional people. Because toxic, the toxic personality is emotionally abusive. You've heard me talk about this before. If they can do or say something to make you feel something, make you happy, make you sad, make you upset, make you angry, make you feel guilty, make you feel frustrated... They feel in control of your emotions if they're the ones that are eliciting those. And so when, when I first say, okay, you have to take the emotion out of communicating with these people if, you're gonna, if you are going to continue to parent the children. And at first it's really hard because you're so used to what they say to make you feel fear or make you feel guilty or make you feel upset. And that's the hurdle that Connie has completely jumped over. It, it really doesn't matter what he says anymore. It doesn't really phase her. She has learned that the threats he throws out, he throws them out there in hopes that she'll change her behavior and give him what he wants. So she's, she's looked back in her past and gone, yeah, he threatens this stuff all the time and he never follows through with it because I've always fixed it before he's had a chance to follow through. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to call a lawyer and it doesn't mean that they're not going to take you back to court. But at the end of the day, let them. Because what they're trying to do is instill fear in you so that they feel the power. And that was, that was one of the biggest transitions I saw in Connie. She went from being fearful of everything he said and everything he did to it doesn't really matter to her the words that come out of his mouth at this point. She's got her focus on her kids. And she's got when she doesn't have her kids, she has her focus on 100% her life. And, you know, you were just saying you all of a sudden notice there's changes in your career because you've been able to actually focus on the things that are going on at work and start building, you know, the growth in yourself. I have. Yeah. It's been, it, at first I felt guilty for enjoying myself when the kids were gone, but I fill my time. We, we do a week on and a week off and I fill my week that I don't have the kids with things for my, uh, my significant other and myself with work and things that are just for me. And since I've done that, I feel like I'm a much more grounded, happy, content person. The other thing I've been focusing on is, so now I've kind of made it past fearing what he says, and I'm focusing on my own emotions. So it's not bad for me to feel anger or upset, but I now I, I let it hit me, I feel it, and then I let it wash over me and I move on. So I that I might work through that whole thing in a matter of, five, 10 minutes where it used to be a week or two. I think the other thing, and Connie has realized this too, when we're in, we're, when we're in those type of relationships, our identity becomes based on the people around us. So when you're with your spouse, your wife, when you're with your kids, you're a mom, when you're with your parents, you're a kid, when you're at work, you're an employee. And sometimes it takes a lot for us to realize who we are when we're sitting in a room by ourselves. And um, I always recommend, if people ask my opinion, not that everybody does, I always recommend, depending on the kids' age, to do the week on, week off. Because you, you figured out, I get to be mom for a week, 100%, and I get to be Connie for a week, 
100%. And that that is what brings your independence and your identity back to who you are and who you lost while you were in that relationship. I remember something that made a big change for me was um, for the longest time, I only thought of myself as his wife, their mom, um, somebody, you know, the, the employee at work. And then I was at a one of the kids' baseball games one time and a woman that I was not even that close with, I was acquaintances with, but not close, looked at me and said, I've really missed you. And I said, oh, I'm, I know I've missed a few games. And she said, no, I've missed you. I've missed Connie. I haven't seen Connie in a number of years. I'd like to see her again. I hope she shows back up. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, it was sweet, but I was surprised to hear that from somebody. And I didn't realize that anybody would care enough about who I was. And it it made a big change for me to go back and think about, okay, who am I? What do I offer? What do other people see? And not only what do they see, but what do I see in myself? What do I want to be? Yeah, and when you said that, it is so true. The only eyes you see yourself through are the toxic person's eyes. You know, whatever they've said or whatever they think or however they've made you feel. Um, if you've been in a relationship that's been longstanding, that's how you see yourself. If we would look at ourselves through the way other people see us, we'd be super surprised at what people see. Yes. So going into next week, which is Christmas, do you have any anything, any tips or any just quick um, suggestions for the listeners? I, the most basic of which would be try to go with the flow. So I can already tell you that going into next week, there's talk of can he have the kids on Christmas Eve um, and me have them on Christmas Day, which is not what we have written down. But then there's the then he's coming back and saying, but I'll never do anything that your mom wants. And I just had a conversation with my kids and said, it's your Christmas. It's your time. You are old enough, though, to work it out. So come to me before you leave to go to your dad's and let me know what your final plans are. And whatever you come up with will be fine. And, and I meant it. I'll be able to make a plan to do whatever I want for Christmas, whether it be with them or be with other friends. And it'll be fine. So as simplified as you can make it and go with the flow as you can make it, that would be my advice. Yes. And she's she has made it that she is going to live her life regardless of what the kid's schedule is and regardless of the things that he tries to throw into the schedule to disrupt her schedule. So she's, the kids are, the, it's great if the kids get to go with her, but if it ends up that the kids don't, she's going to do it anyway and everything's going to be fine. And I think... I think that's probably the biggest thing that people need to realize. As as anxious and as up uprooting or disruptive this feels, in the end, everything really is fine. It really is. And when I, Heidi told me for the longest time, and my kids really struggled. I, I would say for well over a year, they were in a pretty bad place. But when I finally got myself to be okay and not panicky and not fearful and not upset all the time. Once I got myself to a good place, the kids fell in line and they were in a good place. So it's true. It's just like they say on the airplane, you need to get your mask on first because once I was okay, they were okay. And now they deal with things in stride as well. And I think that you use that to even calm yourself down in situations. You know, I kept telling her, as long as they see you as being okay, they're going to be, they're going to be fine. And, and I remember you calling me several times going, I have to remind myself that if I'm okay, the kids are okay. And you started seeing it very quickly. I did. It, it, they really turned around quickly once I turned the corner. See, it's so exciting. And we're 
I don't know how many years, four years, five years into knowing each other. Um, and Connie is completely, she's not a completely different person, but she handles things completely, completely different. And all of you that are sitting there facing this holiday season, just know that, you know, three years ago she was facing it too. And she is now starting to have the very best holidays of her life. I really am. It's it's amazing what you can do when you don't worry about everything. And and that doesn't even apply just to the toxic person, but to everybody. Mm-hmm. Heidi told me one time she used to worry about when she walked in a room who would like her. And now she wonders who she's going to like and want to hang out with. And that's kind of my new motto. When I walk into a room now, it's like, well, I don't have to worry about whether people like me or not. I just have to enjoy myself, see what I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like you, so what? Yep. I know that sounds awful, but that's that's the way we protect ourselves and that's the way we take care of ourselves. And that's honestly the way we keep peace in our life and the way we find happiness. Very true. Well, thank you for being here again. No I know this was a surprise last minute, but I'm glad that you did it. Um, if you are not in the Strength Within support group on Facebook, um, it is a community of like-minded people who are in the same situation. It is a private group. So there's a lot of encouraging support in there. So if you're one out there that's looking for a support system, uh, you can find it on Facebook by searching Strength Within. There are a few questions you need to answer in order to be admitted. Um, I, I try to screen the people that come in just for the safety of the others in the group. But to all of you, have a happy holiday. And we will be talking to you soon because now it's getting close to the time where we are going to start doing the new stuff for the new year. Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with others. Looking for a community that understands? Join our Facebook support group, Strength Within. For more information on all the services Dr. Heidi provides, please visit www.coachingwithdrheidi.com. It's time for you to break free because it's not normal. It's toxic. <laughs>